Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George. Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level. Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. about to enter the stone zone our focus tonight is on the iowa caucuses uh, a brief history of the iowa caucuses uh, a caucus is not a primary a caucus is quite different in a primary one just walks in votes and leaves presumably but in an iowa caucus one has to go in uh, and attend a meeting that could last you know 45 minutes on an extraordinarily cold night in january uh, the Iowa caucuses has become more like a primary in the sense that voter participation has increased dramatically. Uh, the uh, in 1980, well, Donald Trump, pardon me, in 1980, Ronald Reagan held a 20-point lead in the Iowa caucuses, only to be upset by George H.W. Bush. But that's largely because Reagan took the caucuses for granted, did not make enough appearances, did not campaign in the state. Donald Trump has made no such mistake. Uh, and based on all the reports, Trump has built a meticulously well-oiled identification and turnout machine that I think will lead him to victory. Uh, a lot of this has to do with expectations. I mean, Ron DeSantis, a challenger from uh, Florida, has said that he will win. Well, winning to me is defined uh, as coming in first. Winning to me is getting more votes than any other candidate. A distant second or a distant third cannot be called victory by Governor Ron DeSantis. And more recent polling shows uh, both uh, Nikki Haley uh, and Vivek Ramaswamy uh, on the rise. It is even conceivable uh, that Haley could surpass uh, Ron DeSantis, which I would argue would end his candidacy for good. Uh, joining me now is uh, the investigative reporter uh, who has been a friend of mine back to her days uh, at Project Veritas. She is a force of nature. Uh, she is the hardest working woman uh, in politics and investigative journalism. I don't know when she sleeps. I don't think she really does. And she joins us live now from Iowa. Despite a snowstorm tonight, Laura Loomer, welcome to the Stone Zone. Thanks for having me, Roger. I'm glad that we could make it work despite uh, despite the weather, which, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do as a Floridian. Maybe you have some tips for me. I don't know what to do, Roger. I miss my I miss my warm weather in Florida. What am I going to do with snow? My understanding is that uh, it's snowing so badly that a number of the candidates had to cancel their events tonight. That, that That's uh, a lot of snow. But uh, you made uh, a lot of waves, uh, not only this weekend in Iowa, but let's kind of start before that. You had a groundbreaking piece, uh, which you published, uh, in which you make the assertion that Nikki Haley is constitutionally ineligible to be president of the United States uh, because she does not meet the definition of natural born citizen. Although she was born in the United States, neither of her parents were US citizens. Uh, make your case. 
Well, yes, you're correct. And actually today, President Trump shared that report. So uh, thank you, President Trump, for sharing that report. Uh, you're right. A couple of weeks ago, I released this investigative report outlining how Nikki Haley herself is not eligible <laughs> under the guidelines laid out to be president of the United States, no matter how much billionaire globalist donor money she may happen to raise, right? You have to be three things if you want to be president of the United States. You have to be at least 35 years old. You have to be a natural born citizen and you had to have lived in the United States of America for at least 14 years. And Nikki Haley is not a natural born citizen. Uh, she is what we call a birthright citizen, which is what happens when you are born in the United States of America uh, to uh, the parents of two immigrants, whether they be legal immigrants or <laughs> illegal immigrants. If they are not United States citizens, you are not considered a natural born citizen. You have to have at least one parent that is a citizen at the time of your birth for you to be considered a natural born citizen, right? So <laughs> some people will say, oh, well, aren't you being a little bit of a hypocrite, Laura, right? Because my mother's uh, from England. And my mother was not technically a United States citizen when she gave birth to me. However, my father was. My father is American and my mother is a United States citizen, but I qualify as a natural born citizen. Nikki Haley, who was born Nimrata, her parents came to this country from India in 1969. They were here for less than three years before they gave birth to Nikki Haley, and they had not even begun the process, Roger, uh, to become citizens. In fact, her mother didn't become a citizen of the United States of America until 2003. And so Nikki Haley herself is no different than the child of an illegal alien from Guatemala or an illegal alien from Eritrea, right, coming across our open border while they're pregnant and system and then of course being granted uh an ability to stay or given some type of extended visa or fast-tracked process uh to uh to asylum uh privileges based off the fact that their child was born in the united states of america you see a lot of immigrants doing this a lot of criminal legal alien invaders actually time their uh criminal crossing into the united states across our open border uh with their pregnancy because they know that they won't be turned away and they know that they will get privileges if they give birth to a child here in the united states of america Trump uh, is the leading uh, GOP presidential candidate calling for an end to birthright citizenship. And in fact, other candidates in the race, including Ron DeSanctimonious and Vivek Ramaswamy and even Chris Christie, have all expressed support for ending birthright citizenship. And you know who has not? The only candidate in this uh, GOP primary that refuses to support a ban on birthright citizenship? Nikki Haley, because by banning birthright citizenship, she herself would then not be even a citizen of the United States of America because she is an anchor baby. So let me ask the obvious question. Look, I really like Vivek Ramaswamy. I've come around on him. I had reservations about him at the beginning of the race, but I think he's a truth teller. I think he's been very courageous. You can't argue uh, with his energy uh, uh, or his commitment to the America First agenda, but would not the same legal problems that prohibit Nikki Haley from being president also prohibit Vivek? I would need to look into his parents and their immigration status and whether or not uh, they were citizens at the time of his birth. 
Uh, I did extensive research into Nikki Haley and her family. I provided the documentation and was not able to find uh, anything in any of the immigration databases that show that her parents began any uh, sort of application to apply for citizenship. They wouldn't have been able to legally because they had only been in the country for three years uh, at the time of her birth. And so I would need to uh, investigate Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, his parents more uh, and look at their look at their papers, I guess, uh, would be the, the proper way of saying that in order to come to that conclusion. I, I don't know enough about his family and his parents' immigration status to give you a clear answer. All right, fair enough. We'll put the question aside. Uh, I think overall, unlike Nikki Haley, he's a positive force uh, in this race. Uh, it looks like you. I call will say, though, if it does apply to him, it's interesting because if it did apply to him, he seems to have more moral uh, moral character and is more committed to principle than Nikki Haley. Because if it does apply to him, then he, in his own words, has said he believes in ending birthright citizenship. And so Nikki will commit to banning birthright citizenship. And so I will say that. Vivek Ramaswamy appears to have an America first immigration policy. I've seen him advocate for mass deportations and an immigration moratorium. And I would say that unlike Nikki Haley, he does have a true America first immigration policy, just like President Trump. So, uh, well, I guess a couple of things bother me about Nikki Haley. Let's start from the beginning, which is she told President Trump to his face uh, that he was a great president. And if he ran again, she would not run. Then she broke her word on that. Uh, now, I've said that Ron DeSantis is a treacherous, backstabbing weasel uh, because uh, he owes his rise in American politics. He owes his nomination for governor. He owes his election as governor to Donald Trump, who plucked him out of obscurity, uh, whose endorsement catapulted him to the Republican nomination. And then, uh, of course, Donald Trump actually had to change his own schedule three times in the last two weeks of the 2018 election to literally drag Ron DeSantis, who was not a very good candidate, uh, over the finish line. Uh, but at least Ron DeSantis didn't lie to Donald Trump about running. He just just stabbed him in the front, I guess you would say. Uh, this is a, a character flaw to begin with. Uh, and then there's kind of uh, the way the never-Trump Republican established neocon base in the party is now funneling tens of millions of dollars uh, into Nikki Haley's campaign, along with big Democrat money. I mean, uh, it's disturbing to me that Reed Hoffman, the billionaire who financed the E.G. Carroll defamation case against Donald Trump in New York, uh, is a, and is a Democrat, is a major donor to Nikki Haley, just using that as an example. Absolutely. And you also have uh, David Plouffe, who is the former uh, campaign manager for Barack Hussein Obama, encouraging Democrats to be a Republican for a day and go vote for Nikki Haley in uh, the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire Republican primary. And so it's not just uh, Reid Hoffman, who, of course, is a the co-founder of LinkedIn, a major Democrat Party donor. I believe he's the second largest uh, Democrat Party donor after George Soros himself. And Reid Hoffman is also listed in the new batch of Jeffrey Epstein uh, documents that just came out after they were unsealed. And even before these documents came out, it's been known for years that Reid Hoffman, who is associate, an associate of the pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, uh, spent a lot of time on Epstein Island, even after knowing that Jeffrey Epstein was convicted of being a pedophile. 
while. And so there's no plausible deniability like, oh, you know, I partied with the guy and I didn't know that he was into having sex with little girls. No, he actually partied with Jeffrey Epstein on Epstein Island after he was convicted. And this is who Nikki Haley is taking money from. And as you pointed out, the same guy who's funding the uh, lawfare against President Trump false rape allegations, which is kind of ironic given the fact that he likes to actually hang out with actual rapists, AKA Jeffrey Epstein and whoever else was on that island. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really bad donors who are on this list. I noticed that uh, tonight at this town hall in Iowa, Nikki Haley was actually surprisingly questioned by Martha McCallum about uh, an ad that Ron DeSantis is running against her in which he calls her out for saying that uh, she decided to run for president because she was inspired by Hillary Clinton. And she lied and said she never said it. I posted a receipt tonight, a, a audio recording from her own ebook, her own book, okay, in which she says that she met Hillary Clinton and was inspired to run for office after meeting her. Why do I bring this up? Because Hillary Clinton's donors, if you cross-reference the FEC reports, are now donating to Nikki Haley. And so you have to ask yourself, right? Why would a Nikki Haley uh, presidency be supported by uh, top Democrat Party donors? Why would top Obama level strategists and political operatives who worked with Hillary Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden be encouraging Democrats to vote for Nikki Haley? Because she is a Democrat, right? She's a Democrat. And as I exposed here on the ground in Iowa, her own staffers called the cops on me and her own political director is a guy by the name of Miles Nuzzi, who's related to the notorious Trump-hating reporter Olivia Nuzzi, who I know that you're, you're, you're familiar with. And his own Twitter account shows that he hates Donald Trump. He supported the impeachment of Donald Trump. And he said that uh, the future of the Republican Party is people like Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, and Adam Kinzinger, all pro-impeachment, Trump-hating Republicans. They're actually Democrats. So why would Nikki Haley make this person uh, her political coordinator for her national campaign? The answer is clear. She is a Democrat. She's certainly a neocon of that. There is no doubt. She's demonstrated it in the debate. She, another one claims that if we don't uh, ship billions more to the Ukrainians, uh, that Americans uh, will end up fighting uh, the Russians in Poland and Germany. It's, it's an absurdity. Uh, it's that slippery slope argument. But Laura, you uh, went to a Nikki Haley event, or I should say, you tried to go to a Nikki Haley event. Uh, let's let's roll that video if we could. This is a presidential campaign event, right? Can you just explain to me like why you're asking me to leave? Because they want you to leave. Why? It's private property, miss. Right, but it's an event. I'm standing here. Like, what's the issue? Can you please gather your things and leave, please? I don't understand. Like, what's the issue if you work for Nikki's campaign? Why? Why? I'm standing here. I signed up for the event. I told you. That's all I was advised. And now I'm asking you to move from the premises. What's the point of having town halls if you're just going to kick people out? I mean, she wants to be the first female president and she's kicking a woman out of her event. I'm not here to answer questions. If you have any comments or concerns, you can contact them. Well, I mean, I'm here to do security, so please move. You guys, you guys sent me an email. I got your text blast and it said to sign up for the event. So what is the issue? I'm asking you nicely. Well, I think I'm asking pretty nicely as well. And I don't have answers for you, I'm sorry. All right. I just got advised that you must leave the premises. And that's why I'm here. So I apologize. 
Thank you. All right. Well, I guess Nikki Haley's anti-woman. Have a nice day. So obviously we have an obvious question here, which is if Nikki Haley can't stand up to little Laura Loomer, how could she ever stand up to Putin or Xi? Uh, I mean, uh, th that's disgraceful. You had a ticket. You weren't being disruptive. But see, they don't want to answer your questions. That's really the problem. Uh, and I, su I suspect she feared that you would ask her about her birthday <laughs> and her eligibility to be president. I mean, that is really quite cowardly, uh, in my opinion. Uh, your opinion, do you think, uh, let me back up. As I said in the opening, I believe that the Trump campaign under the leadership of Susie Wiles and Chris LaCivita uh, and James Blair has run a meticulous, uh, well-oiled campaign. They have built a, a, a structure on the ground in Iowa where every precinct has multiple captains. They have meticulously identified their voters with enormous help from the president because these commit to caucus events, uh, that's their historical happenings. Don, nobody can pull crowds like Donald Trump. We're going to talk about crowds uh, in a moment. Uh, Ron DeSantis has spent millions of dollars on the ground in Iowa. Whether or not he has the best ground game in history, as his supporters claim, well, that we'll find that out in a little more than a week from now. Nikki Haley seems to me to be a, a, a paid media-driven phenomena. In other words, uh, network television, cable television, digital advertising, uh, no doubt text messaging and phones, uh, which traditionally has not worked in the Iowa caucuses, which is a much more uh, organizational intensive exercise. If you had to bet today based on the the polling, uh, both public and private, um, do you who do you think comes in second here? In the Iowa caucus? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if Vivek Ramaswamy comes in second, honestly. I think that uh, over the last uh, two weeks alone, right, the guy has done over 200 campaign events. It's impressive. And if you look today, Nikki Haley uh, blamed the weather on the cancellation of her event. And meanwhile, Vivek Ramaswamy was in the same area in Sioux City. And Look, he had he had rooms of, you know, 40, 50 people attending his events and Nikki Haley couldn't pull one. I think that, you know, there's a lot to say about having the it factor and having, you know, uh, a grassroots campaign. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis don't have a grassroots campaign. They've received and spent hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign donor money and PAC money. Uh, but there isn't enthusiasm for them here on the ground. Uh, the two candidates who I hear the most excitement about here in Iowa are obviously President Trump overwhelmingly. I mean, it's not even close when it comes between Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy. But the second candidate, in my opinion, is Vivek Ramaswamy. And I really do believe that. I mean, just seeing people and seeing, uh, you know, how people are talking at different events, I, I think that the media has underestimated how well Vivek Ramaswamy could potentially do in this Iowa caucus. Uh, that, that's very interesting. We know how the fake media plays these things. So in the event that Trump wins by 20 points or 16 points, by the way, nobody's ever won by more than 12 historically. So if Trump wins by anything larger than that, he'd be making history. I predict that he's going to do so. Uh, but here, here's what the headline would be uh, if it goes down this way. Nikki Haley 
defeats Ron DeSantis in upset, that would be Ron's own fault. He set the expectation level for himself. Subhead, Trump comes in first as expected. Uh, look for the media to try desperately to give Nikki Haley, uh, you know, some forward momentum going into the New Hampshire primary, where they know that independents can vote in the Republican primary, and they know there is no Democratic primary to uh, to distract some of those independents. It seems to me that New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, uh, the son of Governor John Sununu, one of the most duplicitous, duplicitous uh, slime balls I've ever dealt with, lied to uh, Congressman Jack Kemp and to Senator Bob Dole for 18 months about whether he was committed to George Bush in 1988, just lied to our face. Uh, but I don't think that the apple falls very far from the tree. Uh, he slipped yesterday and said, we're trying to get we're trying to get uh, Nikki in here second. I'm not sure if that meant a second place finish or the vice presidency, which I think would be a, a strategic <laughs> terrible uh, uh, mistake. Uh, I have no indications uh, based on my conversations with the former president or any of his people that that is under any kind of active consideration. I think it's uh, virtually impossible because the president's worldview, particularly on foreign policy issues, is so categorically diametrically opposed to the worldview of Nikki Haley. So I think that whole Trump-Haley you know, theme is being pushed by Ron DeSantis. I, I think it's a it's a fugazi. Uh, it's not going to happen, uh, but it's it's an attempt to uh, hurt Trump, in my opinion. I agree with you. I think that it's a an actual conspiracy theory, right? Manufactured by the Ron DeSantis campaign because they know that Nikki is surpassing him in well, certainly New Hampshire and, and also Iowa. Uh, since being in Iowa, I've probably seen about 100 Nikki Haley uh, dumpster fire uh, TV commercials, right? The same ad is just running over and over again about Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign being a dumpster fire. And I, I will say it's a pretty effective ad. I don't support Nikki Haley. I would never support Nikki Haley, but uh, I will point out an effective ad when I see one. And that is a very effective uh, television ad. Um, it's not... It's not uh, even subjective in nature. It's literally just taking the titles of other news reports and just having a voiceover, uh, you know, artist uh, read them and talk about what an absolute failure his campaign has been and how he really is just a wannabe Donald Trump. It's true. Um, but uh, I I do think that uh, th that was designed to you know, hurt President Trump. We already know that President Trump has said that Nikki Haley isn't going to be his vice president. We already know that uh, his son, uh, Don Jr., has said that he'll do everything in his power to make sure that that's not the case. I think the only person in the Trump family who has expressed any type of, uh, you know, not sympathy towards, but I would say any type of liking towards uh, Nikki Haley would be Laura Trump. Uh, but, you know, I don't really think that at the end of the day, she's going to be a deciding factor in whether or not President Trump picks Nikki Haley because he's not going to. Yeah, only one person will make this decision. That's Donald J. Trump. He may ask a lot of people their opinions, but uh, he's he marches to his own drummer. He makes his own decisions. Uh, he's not swayed by any one individual. That's, by the way, why he was a great president, why he'll be a great president again. Uh, it's interesting, of course, that Haley is attacking DeSantis, while DeSantis is attacking Haley. This tells you a great deal, by the way, uh, because you don't attack the person behind you. You attack the person ahead of you. Uh, and uh, by and large, 
DeSantis has surprised me in his free media in over the last several days where he's gone full left-wing Democrat. No, the election wasn't stolen, according to him. No, the people arrested on January 6th all deserved it. Uh, how can he, I'm not sure how he understand, how he thinks that he can have a political future by now outing himself as never really being an America first Republican to begin with. Well, Nikki Haley, she did the same exact thing during her town hall on Fox News, uh, which I unfortunately have to admit I was watching, right? Because I needed to see what she was saying. Not that I really have a desire to watch Nikki Haley or Fox News for that matter. Uh, but Nikki Haley said the same exact thing. She said that January 6th was a terrible day and she took a shot at Trump uh, during her town hall and said that she doesn't agree with President Trump who called January 6th a beautiful day and that she said that uh, January 6th should never happen ever again. Uh, I would disagree. I think that January 6th should be remembered as Patriots Day and it was a beautiful day in the sense that Patriots rose up and they protested against a stolen election. And Nikki Haley isn't alone, right? Ron DeSantis, as you just pointed out, doesn't believe the election was stolen. He's already said that January 6th wouldn't have happened under his watch because, oh, he would have won the election. That is a you know, direct rejection of the claim and the belief by the MAGA base that the election was stolen. We know that it was stolen. There's a lot of evidence that proves that it was stolen. Nikki Haley also doesn't believe that the election uh, was stolen. And so I think those are disqualifying positions to have as an America First candidate. We know that Ron DeSantis is a Manchurian candidate. He's never been an America First candidate. You and I received a lot of heat over the last few years for pointing this out to a very naive grassroots base. And I call them naive because they were naive. They were. We were, we were, you and I were literally banned from attending Republican events in Palm Beach County and other places in Florida because we would blast Ron DeSantis and call him out. And so people didn't want to hear it. They refused to hear that he was a Manchurian candidate being groomed by the deep state to work against Donald Trump. We would, we were telling everybody about this. We warned them that he was in favor of prosecuting the J6 defendants. And that's why he didn't help any of them, even though Florida is the state with the highest number of J6 defendants. Nobody wanted to hear it. No one wanted to hear it, but I hope people's eyes are now open to the fact that we do have Manchurian candidates in this country. Well, it's more fundamental than that. I mean, I think you and I recognized prior to his reelection. Uh, and by the way, the, I, I think there, that although he did win a solid victory, the hurricane was a major contributing factor. Ron DeSantis was able to dominate uh, all free media coverage for the two weeks before the election, choking off any free media coverage for his opponent, Charlie Crist. Uh, he used the hurricane very deftly to look like he was in charge, that he was moving state resources around. Uh, I, I'm not saying he would have lost, but for the hurricane, but I think he would have had a more normal election. And I think he might've won by four or five in the end. He won a, a much more solid victory, but I think it was a unique circumstance. For those who say, oh, this means Florida is now a solidly or reliably red state, that, that is not the case. Now you add to that the election reforms that Ron DeSantis signed into law, which actually make uh, the uh, transparency uh, of our elections much worse for Republicans uh, and limit citizen participation in the, uh, in the recount process. Uh, outlawing paper ballots, requiring machines, all, all signed into law by Ron DeSantis. Uh, by the way, I did want to mention, I thought you looked really cute in your hat at the uh, at the Nikki Haley event. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm really not uh, all about this cold weather, but uh, I'm glad that you like the hat. Everybody was a fan of the hat. I got a lot of compliments on that. So maybe I should uh, maybe I should start wearing a beanie everywhere I go. Well, Laura Loomer hats. You can put them up on your website. I do want to mention that you are doing a great show, uh, Loomer Unleashed on Ru on Rumble, which I think is what Tuesday and Thursday nights. Is that correct? It's true. Yes, Tuesday and Thursday every night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow I'll be doing it live here from. Iowa, so it will be seven central, which is of course eight Eastern, same time. And uh, I'll be doing my show again on Thursday. And then on Wednesday night, I'm going to be having a watch party, which I'm live streaming in Iowa of President Trump's town hall uh, that he's doing with Fox News. And so we'll have a lot of content this week. I'm also going to be live streaming the Trump rallies on my channel this weekend uh, when President Trump comes to town before the uh, Iowa caucus. We know that President Trump has committed to caucus. I believe that uh, he's going to be caucusing in Des Moines. Uh, and so I will be covering that as well. And it will be a great day, a lot of content. I mean, just like you said before, not really sleeping much, but that's all right because these people are now exposing themselves and their true colors are coming out. Look, Donald Trump, I went, I've been to, I've, I've talked to, or at least attended events for all of these candidates. I've had Vivek Ramaswamy on my show twice. Okay. He has invited me to do a sit down interview with him. Uh, I've gone to Nikki's event. She called the cops on me. Ron DeSantis called the cops on me. And Donald Trump, of course, has given me access to his events. And so I will just tell people, if you are pro-free speech, if you're in favor of the First Amendment, if you are against weaponized government, the choice is clear, right? Are you going to vote for a candidate who's going to let you into their event or somebody that's embracing the weaponization of government against their critics? So that is a fundamental bedrock of our Constitution and what is supposed to make us great as a country. It's what once made us great as a country before uh, Joe Biden stole the election. And now, of course, we're living in an illegitimate communist regime. And I wouldn't say that we have free and fair elections. We don't have freedom of association and we sure as hell don't have free speech. But I'm voting for President Trump because one of the reasons, as a journalist, I've never seen President Trump kick the media out of his events. And I think that's very important because nobody receives as much negative press as Donald Trump. Nobody is attacked as much as Donald Trump in the media. And you have never once seen him deny media entry simply because he's worried about what they're going to say. In fact, he actually embraces the conflict. President Trump is notorious for calling on CNN reporters and hostile reporters during his press briefings and taking their questions. He's never, ever once called the cops on a reporter. Yeah, he seems to thrive on conflict. He's, he's at his best under pressure. I've known him yeah. for five years. This has always been the case. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis for a moment. Uh, you were among the reporters that exposed uh, massive payments to this guy, uh, Bob Vanderputz, or whatever his name is, uh, who is the evangelical leader. Uh, I'm not sure what they bought there, what they thought they were buying, uh, but it is based on uh, Vanderplatz, I guess is his name, based on his uh, endorsement uh, of Ron DeSantis that they somehow thought that they would pull ahead of Donald Trump. Uh, then they unveiled Kim Reynolds, another disloyal Republican who who begged Donald Trump for an endorsement when she was running in her race. President graciously campaigned campaigned for her. Her 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 payback to the president was uh, a knife in the back. Uh, but Ron DeSantis has seemingly seems to have just failed to connect with voters. It's amazing how they 
arrange the pictures on Twitter to make it look like there's more people in the room when he's in a coffee shop with seven people and say, oh, amazing turnout for Ron DeSantis today. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to be working for yeah. him. Yeah, look, I don't really know what they paid for. They paid for the endorsement, obviously, and Bob Vanderplatz likes to pretend like, oh, his endorsement is so coveted. Look, this is a guy who ran for governor of Iowa three times and lost, okay? If his endorsement means so much, how come Ted Cruz isn't president right now? He endorsed Ted Cruz when Ted Cruz ran against Donald Trump originally in 2015, 2016. If his endorsement is so powerful, Roger. Why did the voters of Iowa reject him three times? Because that's why, Roger, his endorsement doesn't mean shit. And so the reality is, is that Bob Vanderplatz doesn't really have pull. He thinks that he does. He took a bribe for the endorsement. The FEC records show that he received over $90,000 from Ron DeSantis and the Never Back Down PAC uh, to endorse him. And there were reports out the week of Christmas. They, of course, released them right before Christmas because they were hoping that uh, everybody was going to be too busy to be paying attention during the holidays. Uh, but the FEC reports show, Roger, that numerous um, Iowa state legislators and uh, members of the Iowa Senate received payments of up to $15,000 from Ron DeSantis to endorse them. So he paid for these Iowa lawmakers to endorse him. Whereas the attorney general of Iowa has endorsed Donald Trump and so I understand she hasn't taken a dime from Donald Trump, wasn't offered well, any. Maybe, did not maybe the attorney general will launch investigations into these pay for play violations and blatant FEC violations and also illegal coordination. You know, maybe maybe the Iowa attorney general needs to open up an investigation into Ron DeSantis. All right. So speaking of Ron DeSantis, um, he also uh, when you tried to attempt to uh, attend his event, um, he also had you tossed. Let's let's run that video. So we called the restaurant. The restaurant said that they were open upstairs to the public. You're having your event downstairs, which I have a ticket for. And I'm coming up here just sitting, eating my food. So you're really going to ask me to leave when I didn't even do anything downstairs. We do have the owner's permission to ask you to leave. So we'd like you to leave. I just sat down. Why doesn't the owner come and tell me? Nobody didn't order. Well, I ordered a... I ordered a Diet Coke and I'm waiting to get my food. Ma'am, so here's the deal. The owner says he doesn't want you here. So I just sat down. We're asking you to leave nicely right now. So you're going to be trespassed from here. So you can't come back. All right. Well, when we called, they said that the upstairs was open. And the owner has every right to trespass from here. And, and what's your name? Places. You work for Ron so, DeSantis' campaign? Like I said, I'm asking you nicely right now. Yeah, I'll go. But I'm just saying, you guys. So I. So let me get this. So Ron DeSantis wants to be president of the United States of America. You guys have an event at a restaurant called Who's On First. We called ahead of time. They say, oh, the event is open to the public upstairs. But he doesn't want to have journalists inside his event. So he doesn't believe in free speech. And now you're on January 6th weaponizing the government. I'm sure they're going to love this. January 6th, Ron DeSantis, just like Nikki Haley. There you have it. Weaponized government, Ron DeSantis. It's really nice to see Ron DeSantis kicking out Trump supporters on January 6th. Okay, where's your car at? We're going to walk to your car. That's not my car. 
I know, where is your car? Across the street. Okay, let's go. I told you I was here with somebody. Okay, well, who are you here with? They're inside because you didn't let me wait for them. You want me to grab them too? Well, yeah, her name's, her name's Mari. You can go get her, okay. but it's her car. Okay, so. I'll go grab her in a second. Great. She has the keys, so. Watch out for this car coming. It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, you know, Iowa, they have Iowa caucuses and they're supposed to let journalists cover these events. I mean, we called ahead of time yeah, and the I owner said, I mean, you, you could show him on the phone. Yeah, I called. You called the restaurant. You can look at the number on the phone. Okay. Well, like I already explained to you, the owner of the restaurant wants to trespass from here. Right. So but they could have, they could have. for trespassing. Okay. So you guys need to leave. We are going to leave, but this isn't his property right here. Nope. It's not his property. We're not on nope. his property. Okay. So. So what's the issue? I'm just advising you that you guys need to leave because I don't want to. We left though. We left. We're not inside the restaurant. Like, should I leave the state of Iowa? No. You guys need to get back in your car and leave no but he said we need to leave the property we're off the property i'm just trying to okay. understand like well, where the property gonna, line extends if you're gonna continue to hang out here that's fine but don't if you come back in the parking lot in the building you're gonna go to jail for trespassing all right thanks to ron DeSantis. thank you ron DeSantis. wow so welcoming you know we just walked in the restaurant so this is my friend marnie she lives here in iowa hi she and her <laughs> family are caucusing for president trump yes we are I've known Marnie for what, like seven years now? Yeah, seven years. <laughs> and uh, she and I came today, it's January 6th, and we were going to show up and ask uh, Ron DeSantis a couple of questions because he's here and said that uh, he wanted to have a uh, caucus event. Yeah. And Marnie and I both have tickets. And what did we do? We called the restaurant, right? It's yeah. called Who's On First? And we said, Are, is your restaurant open to the public? Because uh, we see that there's an event. And they said, yes. The event is downstairs, but the the public is welcome upstairs. Yeah, he said, come but on just upstairs. to make sure, we yeah. went upstairs as soon as we walked in, and we also had a ticket to the event. Right? You have a ticket. We totally have a ticket. Show it to you. You have a ticket, and yeah. we were just threatened by the Iowa police to go to jail. Let yeah. me see your ticket. Sure, right here. It's I mean, literally threatening to arrest Trump supporters on January six. Seriously. And I wanted to ask him, you know, I wanted to ask him about. Hey Ron, I, I have a ticket to your event. I just wanted to come and we wanted to ask a question. Everybody's supposed to be welcome as an American citizen, right? Okay, so now we're not allowed to come in and ask a question? Really? Gee, just what kind of a leader are you going to be when you, if you get elected that you're not going to? Uh, really quite extraordinary. Uh, now tell me, there's some breaking news on this. Uh, just before the show, you told me that you'd had communication with the restaurant owner, and he now says that he never asked that you'd be removed. Yeah, so after the video went viral, it obviously got about, you know, 5 million views, Roger, and uh, I was a pretty small place, and so word traveled fast, and I got a tip at 2 o'clock in the morning from somebody who said, oh, you know, uh, the guy who owns the restaurant is a friend of mine, and he's outraged, and he says that he never called the cops on you and that he never had you uh, trespassed. In fact, he says that he's a Trump supporter. And so the owner of the restaurant, there's two of them, they're both Trump supporters. And I had a phone call with them today. I'm supposed to be doing a sit down interview with them tomorrow about this. And they told me that Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign lied to them and said that uh, there was somebody there like making like a, a big scene which is not the case because I was sitting there at the table by myself and they wouldn't tell them who it was. 
And the restaurant owner said they never told police that it was okay to say that I would be arrested or trespassed. And so that was a lie by Ron DeSantis' campaign because they didn't want to face the questions. They also lied and said that uh, the restaurant owner had endorsed them. And that's not the case at all because, as I just said, I spoke to the owners of the restaurant today and they're both Trump supporters. And so, um, they're really upset about it because they've received a lot of like negative comments about their business because of this, and they wanted to clear up the record. Uh, but it just goes to show you how unethical Ron DeSantis and his staff are. The fact that they're coming to Iowa, that's actually a crime, lying to the police, lying to the police officer and saying that uh, somebody wants somebody to go to jail and that I should be cited for trespassing when that's not even what happened at all. So I think that that it's something Ron DeSantis and his campaign need to answer to. Uh, and it just goes to show you how selfish he is and the fact that he's willing to jeopardize uh, local businesses in Iowa because he's a coward and doesn't want to answer any questions. Uh, Laura, I think the impact that you've had on this race from the beginning has really been extraordinary. You were the first person to sniff out that they were trying to change the delegate selection rules in California to the detriment uh, of President Trump. The fact that you blew the whistle on them uh, really caused them to retreat and return to the winner-take-all system that had been in place since Ronald Reagan was governor. Uh, you uh, more recently uh, kind of led the charge for the replacement of the Michigan Republican state chairman, uh, uh, Christina Caramo. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, Christina Caramo was just removed as the uh, Michigan GOP chairwoman, thankfully. And today, also in our own home state of Florida, uh, Christian Ziegler was just removed a few hours ago as the chairman of the Florida Republican Party and replaced with Evan Power. And so um, I did an expose on Christina Caramo and helped uh, amplify some information about the fact that she is the president to this day. She likes to say she's not, but her name is still listed in the Nevada uh, Business Registry database that shows that she's the president of an organization called Unauthorized. And Unauthorized is a group uh, that it's a shell company essentially out of Nevada and they're in the key swing states, Roger. And this group that uh, she's the president of uh, works to help get Democrats and independents elected. And that's just unacceptable. The fact that she became the chairwoman of the Michigan GOP in February of 2023, and this group was officially formed in April, April 5th of 2023, that means that she became the president after taking her oath and being sworn in as chairwoman of the Michigan GOP. You're not supposed to be working to get Democrats elected if you are the chairman of a GOP or you're, you know, with the RNC. And so, uh, Christina Caramo proceeded to lie about this. She said that I was a counterfeit conservative. She actually wasted precious resources from the Michigan GOP, which is broke. I mean, they're bankrupt essentially because of Christina Caramo and her you know, fiscal irresponsibility and also failed leadership and inability to raise money, Roger. And uh, believe it or not, she ran an ad accusing me of literally being a Democrat operative. It's insane. And then they blasted this out on social media. Luckily, I have such a good record and people know me as being a diehard Trump ally and I always come with the receipts. And so they took my word over hers. And I'm happy to say that Christina Caramo has been voted out as a Michigan GOP chair. Now, you had a, a report earlier today that I saw that indicated that the DeSantis campaign uh, canceled uh, paid media uh, in New Hampshire. That doesn't speak uh, very well 
for their confidence about the Iowa caucuses, does it? No, I mean, there's also a report out in the Hill that said that uh, Ron DeSantis is planning on dropping out uh, the evening of the Iowa caucus or the day after if he gets blown out by Trump, which is going to happen. So hopefully Ron DeSantis uh, finally uh, drops out. And if he knows what's good for him, he'll endorse Donald Trump. But um, look, his uh, political career is over. His political career is over. I don't really see himself uh, salvaging anything. I know his wife, Jill Casey Black has aspirations to run for governor of Florida, as you know, and uh, we will be there. I'm sure you and I will be there, Roger, to stop her from uh, ever securing the nomination because the last thing we need is another DeSantis in the in the Florida governor's mansion. Been there, done that, don't wanna deal with that mess ever again. And his wife is way worse than he is. Yeah, the audacity uh, of getting elected and then immediately leaving for Iowa, I mean, Florida has an insurance crisis. It's undeniable. You uh, are among the reporters who pointed out that Citizens Insurance, which is the state-run insurance company, is essentially insolvent. Uh, insurance companies have left because the regulations and laws assigned into law by Ron DeSantis, after taking massive contributions from the insurance industry, make it virtually impossible uh, to get uh, homeowners insurance. Uh, and if your home is destroyed in a hurricane, let's say, and you don't like the pennies on the dollar that your insurer is offering you uh, to replace your home or rebuild your home, you've lost the ability to sue them. You have no ability to sue them, thanks to a tort reform bill signed uh, for the insurance companies uh, by Ron DeSantis. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a utility rate crisis in our state. Uh, you, I just got my electric bill and it, you know, I have a 25% bump uh, in my electricity rates. This is a state with a lot of senior citizens on fixed incomes. That's a huge number. Uh, but Ron DeSantis took nine and a half million dollars from Florida Power and Light and its various subsidiaries for his various political funds. Uh, he's, he really is completely MIA. And for those who say, well, he's been great on social issues, I can tell you here in Broward County, they're continuing to use a curriculum in the public schools uh, that utilizes critical race theory. It's an ADL-approved curriculum. So while that was a great press release and a great executive order, he's doing nothing seriously to enforce it. It was all meant to build a credential, at least a public perception, uh, going into the, uh, into the uh, presidential race. And then uh, I have some expertise at this, super PACs and presidential campaigns are supposed to be completely independent of each other. Uh, President Trump and his people adhere to these rules very, very carefully. You can't be coordinating. So the idea that a super PAC would buy two buses and wrap them so that Ron DeSantis can ride around Iowa with them, that appears to me to be a violation. Uh, that's that's a tiny example. Uh, but they've, I think, most of their on-the-ground voter ID and get out the vote structure uh, is not been done by the DeSantis campaign, but been done by a super PAC and the super Absolutely. PAC never back down. And that's uh, that's who paid for his event last night. He rolled up in the never back down super PAC, which is kind of odd, you know, given the fact that Jeff Rowe and pretty much everybody else associated with never back down has left right due to the fact that they are scandal plagued. And now you have these two other PACs that have propped up as uh, dark money organizations. Uh, they're called uh, Good Fight and and uh, and um, and uh, Fight Right. OK, and those are the two new PACs. 
uh, that have been propped up and you have uh, the same officials from his campaign working on these packs. That's another violation. You're supposed to have a 120 day uh, period, Roger, as you know, a cool off period between people who go from the pack to the campaign. And so uh, that's another violation by Ron DeSantis and uh, his various super PACs. And yet you don't see any accountability. But I can guarantee you that if this was President Trump, you know, the media would be all over it. But for some reason, because they view Ron DeSantis as a tool to attack Donald Trump, they're not going after him. But yeah, he's in total violation. He's broken many FEC rules uh, that have been documented and uh, nothing really ever seems to happen. So for a guy that likes to call himself Mr. Law and Order, right, or the Law and Order candidates, as we constantly hear him say in Florida and on the campaign trail, when talking about the Florida blueprint, it's pretty obvious that it's all talk because Ron DeSantis's campaign is one giant walking FEC violation. Yeah, I was shocked the other day when uh, I think it was on CNN uh, when Jake Tapper uh, asked Governor DeSantis to name his favorite Democrat in Florida. Of all people, he names Broward County Sheriff Gregory Tony, uh, who's a Democrat, uh, who's a BLM supporter, who has strong ties to uh, radical Islam uh, and uh, care, uh, who uh, who took a knee uh, with Black Lives Matter, who lied on his applications to become appointed to uh, the sheriff's office where he was appointed by Ron DeSantis, uh, neglecting to mention that back in Philadelphia, uh, he stood trial for both murder uh, and for drug dealing. Now, he was acquitted, but he still has uh, he still has an obligation to report that. Uh, the State Ethics Commission uh, and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement both conducted investigations. Both of them recommended that the sheriff be discharged. Ron DeSantis has the authority to discharge him. So Mr. Law and Order has appointed a pro-BLM, pro-Islamic terrorist, uh, liberal Democrat uh, with uh, with this kind of a track record. It really blows my mind. You did a great piece on it, uh, but it never really got the public coverage I think it deserved uh, of all the Democrats for Ron DeSantis to select. Yeah, look, uh, it says a lot about Ron DeSantis when uh, he's choosing Democrats uh, as uh, his appointees, right? You would think that if you had the ability to appoint somebody, you would be appointing a Republican, but uh, that's quite bizarre in my opinion as well, right? Uh, it just goes to show you that uh, this is not a guy who is focused on uh, having conservative leadership, as he says. Uh, he appoints uh, the most degenerate to Democrat, the most degenerate Democrats. In fact, I often say that the D in Democrat stands for degeneracy, Roger. And when you look at uh, Gregory Tony and his track record, not only is he a criminal, but he is a degenerate as well. And uh, you're right, hopefully the media will focus on that article a lot more uh, because it's quite shocking, it's quite damning. And now Ron DeSantis, he's using his uh, his former chief of staff, Shane Strom, who has, who has propped up a pack uh, with other DeSantis allies and, uh, and uh, you know, bag men. And when I'm talking about bag men, I'm talking about uh, people who work with the governor and have worked with the governor in the past to raise funds. And they have been instructed by Ron DeSantis to actually 
uh, raise money for Gregory Tony's reelection. And I was told that Gregory Tony uh, in these databases actually changed his name so that people couldn't find out the fact that uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, own staffers, and I know that you've heard about this as well, and you can speak to it, are uh, being tasked by the governor with uh, raising funds for the reelection campaign for this absolute Democrat criminal named Gregory Tony. Yeah, it's really quite extraordinary. Laura, you have run two extraordinary races for Congress. You had the courage to run in an overwhelmingly Democratic district that that comprises uh, parts of a Broward and Palm Beach County. You ran the strongest race any Republican has ever run. Uh, this happens to be the district in which uh, President Trump actually lives. Uh, then you ran a valiant race uh, against a rhino, Dan Webster, uh, in a different district. Um, a lot of shenanigans in that election, particularly in Lake County. Uh, we have a, I got a, a message here on Rumble live chat. A lot of people would like you to run for Congress again. You may not be prepared to make a decision or an announcement, but do you intend to run for Congress again? You know, a lot of people have been asking me and uh, I, I ran, I ran twice and I dedicated a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and um, I'm really grateful for all of the support that I received as a candidate. And I'm really grateful for all of the people who, uh, you know, believe in me and everybody who volunteered uh, to help get me elected, everybody who donated and believed in me and everybody who voted for me. Uh, but right now, uh, I, I will say that I'm not going to be running for Congress again in 2024. Uh, I believe that uh, the most important thing for this country is getting President Donald Trump uh, reelected again. And I'm going to be focus focusing all of my efforts and all of my talents on helping President Trump get elected. Uh, I don't believe that uh, that Republicans have effective leadership in Congress, even with controlling the House as they do now with a very slim majority, because Republicans seem incapable and also unwilling of leading in our country unless Donald Trump is at the top of the ticket. And so I don't really have faith in our elections again, and I probably wouldn't run for Congress again or run for uh, any office for that matter, until we're able to restore our elections in our country. But I just feel very strongly about supporting President Trump. And if I were to run for Congress again, I wouldn't be able to devote all of my time and energy to helping President Trump uh, get reelected because running for Congress is a full-time commitment. It is. And right now, my full-time commitment is helping President Trump uh, get reelected. And so... Um, I'm not making any endorsements for anybody in uh, the District 11 race. I have no intention of getting involved in that race at all. So um, I know some people have asked me, the only uh, race that I'm focused on is President Trump's. And uh, I think that everybody needs to understand that we're not gonna have a country if President Trump doesn't get back into office. It's not going to matter if anybody runs for office in this country ever again, because if Donald Trump doesn't get back in, we're never going to have another election in this country. And I think that you would agree with that as well, because we're going to fall to communism permanently. And it will be the end of the American empire as we know it. All right, with about five minutes to go here, Laura, tell people where they can find you, your your Rumble show, your Substack, your, your, uh, your news aggregation site. Tell people where they can find Laura Loomer. Well, I have a show on Rumble, uh, so rumble.com slash Laura Loomer. Be sure that you're following me on Rumble. So every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, you can watch my show, Loomer Unleashed. 
You can also follow me on, on X. You can follow me on Truth Social and Getter and Gab at Laura Loomer and on Telegram at Loomered Official. And then my website where you can read all of my investigative reports is loomered.com. Again, that's loomered.com. That's where you can support my work, make a contribution, donate if you want. And uh, I also recently launched a news aggregation site called Loomer Report. And so if you wanna get aggregated news from all around the world and not just my reports, uh, but you know news stories from, uh, from other independent journalists as well, you can go to loomerreport.com. That's loomerreport.com. And I know that you're a fan of the site. You said that you read Loomer Report. And uh, I know that President Trump is also a fan of the site because he posted about it on True Social. Yeah, I love it. All right, we're going to let you go. Laura Loomer, thank you so much for joining us in the Stone Zone. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, folks, we have to wrap it up for the day. I want to remind you that we are brought to you by the great folks at mypillow.com. Uh, we need your support. It's what keeps the lights on. Please go to MyPillow.com, and when you do use promo code STONE, it's the only way we're able to bring you great guests like Laura Loomer. There's a lot of great pro products there, folks. I'm partial to the dog beds, uh, the pet blankets, the all-season slippers, the uh, revolutionary new MyPillow 2.0. Uh, this time of year, the scarves, uh, the throw blankets, the uh, the waffle blankets. Again, it's a threefer. You you help support uh, America's leading free speech advocate, America's leading uh, election integrity advocate, uh, Mike Lindell, but you also help support us right here at the Stone Zone. So uh, please uh, go. Uh, you can dial 1-800-544-8939, uh, or you can go to MyPillow.com, and when you do, please use promo code STONE. Uh, tomorrow night uh, on uh, the Stone Zone, uh, it is President Richard Nixon's 111th birthday, uh, and uh, Monica Crowley, former Nixon aide, joins me uh, with our reflections on the man and the great accomplishments of our 37th president, Richard Nixon. You're not going to wish that, want to miss that Nixon birthday special. In the meantime, God bless you, Godspeed, and thanks for tuning in to the Stone Zone. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going, and he's smart, and he's strong, and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Where's Roger Stone? <laughs>